Welcome to another week of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. This week in Come Follow Me, we are studying 3 Nephi chapters 17, 18, and 19. Only the three chapters, um, and I say only in that there are obviously other weeks when we've had many more than three chapters, but these are packed uh, chapters as we continue reading the Savior's uh, words and about his ministry to the Nephite people. And so it is It is only three chapters, but it is jam-packed full of doctrine and full of, um, of light and truth. It's interesting to me, uh, the, just the way that, that Come Follow Me is broken up with the chapters through 3 Nephi. I mentioned in, uh, I think probably, it was probably two weeks ago when we started uh, Christ's ministry uh, in 3 Nephi 11. It may have been last week. Anyway, I mentioned that really the the Christ's ministry is best read all at one time, really, um, together from chapter 11 through chapter 28 of 3 Nephi, um, because they, it just, everything flows so well and seamlessly together. And, um, we'll see that this week, we'll see that, that even in next week's studies, um, that there's a lot, he references a lot of things that he had mentioned in the, these chapters that we're studying this week. And, that he's, it is, it's kind of a continuous thought, even though there are some interruptions and he goes away, the people kind of gather again. Um, but it, it still is really continuous. And so why it's interesting to me, the breakup of how, how these chapters are broken up for our study is just that, that I, I don't, I'm sure there is a reasoning behind it, but as I've studied other, even church materials, the chapters are broken up in different ways. Um, just, so just something to point out that, uh, a lot of times as we've studied the Book of Mormon, there is kind of a natural break, you know, in the chapters and like, it makes sense. Like, okay, these chapters are together because it's about these people and their story. And then the next few chapters are kind of a different section almost. It's not really the case here, uh, in third Nephi. And so again, I encourage you to always really be doing this, but especially throughout 3 Nephi, don't try not to limit your study to just these three chapters. Cross-reference, go back to what we read last week, go forward into what we're going to be studying next week. Obviously, you the, the purpose of Come Follow Me is, is to help everyone study and learn the scriptures and to learn of Christ. And as I've stated multiple times, the purpose of my podcast is to help you wherever you are However, um, however stalwart or sincere or deep or whatever word you want to use your study is, my goal in this podcast is just to help you take one extra step. And so if you have the time, if, if the only time you have is to study 3 Nephi 17, 18, and 19, do that. Great. What I'm, but what I'm inviting you to do and understand is that, um, that studying 3 Nephi and Christ's ministry as a whole um, helps in understanding what he's teaching and why he's teaching it. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, this week, uh, the plan is we'll have a couple, a few qu- shorter episodes, one for each chapter that we're covering. Uh, before we do that, just kind of like I like to do here, overview, introduction. Um, I want to read, like I often do, the introduction to the, this week's Come Follow Me from the Individual and Family 
uh, manual. It says, uh, Jesus Christ had spent the day ministering in the land bountiful, teaching his gospel, giving the people a chance to see and feel the marks in his resurrected body, and testifying that he was the promised Savior. Now it was time for him to leave. He needed to return to his father, and he knew that the people needed to ponder what he had taught. So, promising to return the next day, he dismissed the multitude to their homes, but no one left. They didn't say why they, or they didn't say what they were feeling, but Jesus could sense it. They hoped he would quote tarry a little longer with them. He had other important things to do, but the opportunity to show compassion does not always come at a convenient time. So Jesus stayed with the people a little longer. What followed was perhaps the most tender example of ministering recorded in Scripture. Those who were present could only say uh, it was indescribable. Jesus himself summed up the impromptu spiritual outpouring with these simple words, Now behold, my joy is full. Alright, so a few things. Uh, Number one, I think about, I love this phrase that that, uh, Come Follow Me Emmanuel says that he had other important things to do undoubtedly he had other important things to do. He's going to return to the presence of the Father to make other preparations and plans for visiting other people, for coming back to the Nephites. Going back to the presence of God feels like something pretty important. And yet, he stayed with them and ministered to them. And this is not the this is, this is a pattern of, of Christ in the way that he is. It's the way that he lived his mortal life. It's the way that he operates forever. It's how he was, is, and will be. He will always take time to minister to us, to the one, because that is what is important. That is his work and his glory. Um, in the New Testament, there is a story of um, a man, a, a centurion, whose daughter had died. Um, well, they didn't, here's the thing, is they didn't know that yet. She was sick. Sends for Christ. He's heard of Christ. He's heard of Jesus. Sends for him. So Jesus is on his way to uh, heal this 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 little girl. And so I'll start reading here. This uh, where I'm reading is in Matthew. I'm reading Matthew's account. Um, so it says, you know, my daughter is even now dead, uh, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. So. The daughter had had died, okay? And Jesus rose and followed him, and so did his disciples. Okay, so they're, they're on their way to do what? Raise a child from the dead. Okay, seems like something pretty important. If someone called me and said, hey, I'm really sick and I need a blessing, that would be that would become my a priority for me, right? Okay, so keep the, like just some context. He's going to do something really important. And while he's going... And behold, a woman which was diseased with with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I shall but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy, thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making noise. Okay, pause. That's So he gets to the the house, he then raises the daughter. Okay, so I read this this account from Matthew. Now let's check somewhere else to get kind of an even more complete picture of this story. Now let's read Luke's account. And a woman having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all of all of her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, 
came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood was staunched. Okay. It is immediately. She's immediately healed. Okay. So keep that in mind. I'll come back to that. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee and sayest thou, who touched me? So we're in a crowd. And you say, you're asking who touched you? Uh, everyone touched you. We're pressing, we're pressing through this crowd. And Jesus said, somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared himself before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Okay. He was on his way to where again? Something really important. To heal, to raise someone from the dead. The, lo- the woman that touched him was immediately healed. He could have kept going and her she would have still been healed. But he stopped and ministered to her. That's what life, that's that's what ministering is. Ministering isn't um, something that is out of our way. It's something that we do along our way. God puts people in our path, in our circle of influence for a reason. And we to be like Christ is to minister to those people on a daily basis in a way that is normal and natural, that is that doesn't make them feel like a nuisance that isn't, that isn't bothersome. And it's a hard thing, admittedly, because in our, our finite minds and our, uh, checklist, you know, I've got to get this done today and this done and this, and then I'll go and do this other thing. It can be easy to miss those opportunities. It can be easy to think I've got to get to this place where I'm going to raise a daughter of the centurion from the dead, because that's a really important thing that I've got to get done today. And on our way, we miss other opportunities. But this is how Christ, like I said, this is, this is how he was. This is how he is. This is how he will always be. This is the nature of who he is. And go back to the come follow me, uh, manual and from third Nephi chapter 17, verse 20, he said, now behold, my joy is full. What, what what made his joy full? Well, it was his service and the way that the people accepted it. Ministering, true ministering, true service and charity towards our other uh, our fellow men. That is what will bring us joy in this life. Everything else will fall short. And yes, that means to our family, and that's and I think that's when I when I think of the way that the Lord has has set things up for us. He's given us a family because here he says, "Here's a sports reference. Here's a slam dunk. Love these people, serve these people, have charity for these people, and it will bring you joy." And then he says, "I'm going to create a program for you people, okay? Through my prophet, I'm going to have it be called home teaching, and then we try that. And now you're ready. Let's try something better." A more a more perfect way. Here's something called ministering, okay? And here's some ministering people. Here's here's a couple of families that you can minister to. Focus on them. Yes, you yes, you need to love everyone. Yes, you need to minister to everyone who that, that you come in contact with. But I know that it I know that, that is hard for you. But I'm trying to help you 
become like me. And so here are these here are these slam dunks. Here's this layup. Focus on that. And as you get good at that, then you expand and you grow and you become more like me. That's the way I view the programs of the church. That's the way I view the way that the Lord has structured life. Um, he, he feeds us, right? Little by little. He builds us line upon line. And it's the same way with ministering. Um, and as I think about the way that Christ ministered, uh, I'm reminded of a quote that I'm probably going to butcher, but I'm just going to paraphrase for you from President Monson. Uh, something along the lines, he said, uh, like this, uh, never let a task to be done uh, be more important than a person to be loved. And that's the task to be done was, in this case, raising someone from the dead, a really important task that was assuredly also a person to be loved as well. But he didn't let that become more important than the other people to be loved along the way. Uh, This week as we study, uh, you'll see the the one thing that I've kind of come to that maybe separates chapter 17, 18, and 19 from the other chapters that we've just read and that we're going to read is this. In chapters 11 through 16, Christ was giving a discourse. He was teaching them, right, orally, lots of words, and teaching them doctrine. That, again, resumes in chapter 20 and moving forward. Chapter 17, 18, and 19, he does teach. He teaches them about the sacrament. He teaches them um, several things. But there seems to be maybe a little bit more focus on his ministering unto them. And as you study this week, that's what I would invite you to focus on, is how did Christ minister to them? How did it impact him? And how did it impact them? How can it impact our life? And how can we, in our ministering efforts, take the light of Christ and minister to others, and how will it impact their lives? I look forward to studying this week and discussing uh, these chapters with you, and I hope you'll join me in the next episode as we discuss 3 Nephi chapter 17.